Welcome to Antique Dust. Round like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on a never spinning reel, like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon, like a carousel that's turning, running rings around the moon, like a clockless hands are sweeping past the minutes of its face. And the world is like an apple, whirling silently in space, like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind, like a tunnel. Hello and welcome to Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Woo! Yay! And this is our special feature where we are looking at a original movie and comparing it to the remake. And today we are looking at The Thomas Crown Affair. So... Um, the first one was done uh, in 1968, and it starred uh, Steve McQueen as the uh, Thomas Crown and Faye Dunaway as the insurance investigator, uh, Vicky Anderson. And it was really quite delicious. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I've never actually seen the original before. Me I knew, knew it was around. Steve McQueen steals every scene he's in, but then... Faye Dunaway steals every scene she's in. So it's like really, really confusing. Who's and, stealing what scene? And the, <laughs> frankly, the, the chemistry between them is... Sizzles. Sizzling. It's sizzling. amazing. It really is. So for anyone that has never actually come across the Thomas Crown affair, Thomas Crown is a international businessman, does lots of business, business, business. He's multimillionaire. And for shits and giggles, he... Um, uh, decides to uh, rob a bank. To rob a bank, um, but he organises it. Or he's not. Actually, he's not actually wearing a balaclava or anything like that. He no. just uh, he plans meticulously uh, this bank robbery, getting lots, getting five individuals who don't know each other, who never meet each other except on the actual day of the crime, and uh, and and tells them exactly what to do where to be, what to do, da, 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 and pulls off this wonderfully executed heist. Um, there is a little bit of violence where someone gets shot in the leg. Yes. Um, and the, the, the heist, apparently, um, was filmed largely with hidden cameras. So there was actors, but there was also just passers-by who didn't know that a, a heist was being filmed. And... I, I think that that sequence has a very documentary sort of feel to it. You know, the the camera you've got the camera movements and so on. It actually has a real feeling of realism. Yeah, I mean it. the whole thing. It, it it you've got a really nice uh, soundtrack score which goes along with it as well, which is super hip by the French composer Michel Legrand. Michel Legrand. Ooh, Ooh la la, Ooh la la. We love the Legrand. So, uh, it's really, really interesting. Steve McQueen, he doesn't actually have that many lines in the whole thing. He's, he's quite... He has a presence, though. He has a presence, but he, he doesn't actually say huge amounts. Um, and we know he, he's a very good... Say It's all staged up that he's a, really good, he's, a, he's a really good businessman because he's doing some sort of deal with a property deal where it's like these business people are buying something off him and they think they're 
there shafting him basically but it turns out yeah, it's the other way around it's the other way around and he's done he's, I mean, he's done a very good deal indeed by the time the the ink is just drying on the contract he says well you overpaid yeah and then saunters off in a gorgeous sort of tailored suit with lots of people sort of around him like a business entourage yes and uh, but it, it was it was it starts off really quite interesting because the the, the way they the depth of the camera works it starts off with this sweaty fat bloke um waiting outside a hotel room and uh sort of knocking in and then being inter virtually interrogated yeah, blinded by bright light so we can't see who's it's a, who's giving instructions and the, and the, the fat fat bloke is a person that does um, the getaway driver. Well, he's not really getaway. He just drives off. He so drives off with the money. He drives off with the money and delivers the money to the destination. Um, and so it, it, that that sends it sets it up like quite sort of I intrigue. So we sort of know that there's a Mister Big around it, mm -hmm. and it's uh, it's quite it, it, it's actually quite inventive that that method. I mean, we've watched all the heist movies recently, like The Italian Job. You've seen Ocean's Eleven, that sort of thing. But it, that it, it's quite a an interesting concept. It's quite an art house concept as well. Um, I, I guess. I mean, one of the what the interesting thing about that, and and I guess when it goes on to the heist as well, is the use of that sort of multi-screen split screen. Technique. Oh, I love that. That was so 60s. It was very 60s, very stylish, very well shot, I thought. On the whole, it falls apart a little bit later on and the, the polo match when it just does a bit too much of it. Yes. But, um, and it gets a bit disorienting. But it really helps to propel the narrative, the, the, the narrative along. The, the story really rollicks along when all these multiple Pers uh, not multiple personalities, multiple viewpoints. Um, Where people are sort of intersecting to yeah. one point. So we're seeing what our different people are doing in the same time frame and how how it's all coming together in the, in, in the bank. I thought that was a really, really interesting and... Uh, you know, it was an in innovative in way of doing yeah. it. And I, I, really, I, I really, really like that. Uh, so the Faye Dunaway character comes in and she's sizzling because obviously she's incredibly glamorous, um, sort of quite hard as nose because obviously she's a, a professional female in a male-dominated world, but and she, she sort of she gets under the skin of um, Thomas Crown or Tommy, Tommy, and, Tommy Crown, um, and so the, the, I, didn't quite get how she got from A to B to C to D with regards to actually ha pinpointing that it was Thomas Crown. Okay. Um, I, 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 I can tell you if you want okay, to know. Okay, do you want to tell me? Well, essentially, she works out, I suppose, as an intuitive leap, or perhaps from her experience of being an insurance investigator, that... Um, the, the complexity of it's but basically it boils down to how is he going to launder the money well and who is going to because it's the, the money that's stolen is all quite low small bills a large amount of them how's that going to be laundered the only realistic way to launder it she can she 
concluded is through the Swiss banking system. Oh, yeah, and then she finds... And then who's gone to Switzerland? And it's yeah. going to have to be physically carried. And, and because it's such a large quantity, there'll be multiple trips. Okay, then. So let's find out who has gone to Switzerland lots of times. And uh, and that's essential. You know, there's just a little bit more to it than that. But in, in a nutshell, that's how she well, homes I can understand. In on, I understand how that how how that element hit, but I don't know understand how she actually located the chubby chap in the in the car. She placed an ad. They placed an advert in the newspaper. They they figured that that the again with a bit of an intuitive leap that you just have to go with. Mm. You know, you, you you know you could say, well, would that be the case? But but another intuitive leap was that the accomplices um, were probably being paid in installments and might be feeling quite nervous. So let's put an advert in the paper with a reward saying, uh, and, and the particular advert in question was, where are you driving a blah, blah car on this particular day, which is then seen by his wife, wife. and they're not getting on and etc and so it's actually really it's the wife who dobs him in dobs him ah, in right i've probably missed yeah. that yeah yeah but then she behaves horribly because she kidnaps the son uh-huh and basically does a five thousand pound yeah, ransom she, she does something absolutely awful so her morals <laughs> are a little bit loosey-goosey yes uh, <laughs> yes up up absolutely so so she's she's not in any position to to take the moral high ground about anything but I maybe think. they did that because they're both the he's playing a game yeah they're as bad as each other they're, yeah. but they're on different, uh, different. The, in theory they're on different sides of but they're like two sides of the same coin yeah really and but I mean, obviously when she starts sort of circling around him and tells him that he know, she knows that he did it yeah which is a terrific line when when he when thomas crown says uh, words to the effect of you were you were alluding to something <laughs> and she goes no it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I, I was saying it's straight, straight out loud and straightforwardly <laughs> i think you're a crook <laughs> and, and, and he's dead so he, the thing is the one thing i what well, i the one element I didn't like is the manic laughter from Steve McQueen because that felt overly forced. Well, you say manic. Most many people would say iconic. That is one of the yeah. one of the the best known aspects of the film is that is Steve McQueen's laughter. That you know whether it's relief, whether it's just joy, it. Mm. whatever it is but you know you can argue whether or not it's well acted or whether it sounds oh, that, that or was the only thing that I felt jarred a little bit or I mean, the chemistry when they have because obviously this was done in the 60s so there's not a lot of there's not a little bit of rumpy pumpy or anything like that. it's alluded to yeah but there doesn't need to does, be there doesn't no no no, no. The sexiest. Let, me, let me finish let me finish okay. but everything is that the there's a scene um, where, uh, where where Vicky is with uh, Tommy and uh, she's round at his house and they play chess with an open fire and the way they, they're playing chess against each other because I think they're both formidable characters 
and the way it's shot from the side on caressing the uh, chess pieces and how their hands meet over the table, just the, the fingertips. I thought that was incredibly sensual. Mm. And it, it went that that was more sensual than there was another scene where they're in a dune buggy on the on the on the sea and they're sort of having a nice day out at the beach together yeah. i mean and that's a pivotal point i think in the movie that the you know it's probably the most famous um scene from the movie that the the chess game mm. um but that's really the point on which that's that's a pivot on which the plot turns if things yeah. can turn on a pivot i'm not sure if that's yeah, or it just tips over the balance. Yes, that's where it tips. Where you could say her emotions are being sucked in. And you think, and you also feel that his ones are as well, because he's quite a a formidable character with regards to, he hasn't, he doesn't really, he does things for shits and giggles rather yeah. than, uh, rather than sort of the money. I mean, I think in the, 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 the remake, that's hammered home with regards to what's stolen, but we'll mm -hmm. get onto that later. But yeah. with this one, it it feels as though he's miss there's something missing in his life, and she's come in, and then she's possibly that element that sort of yeah. works. Yeah, and at this at this point, and that's a really good point. And this, and I think at this stage, we need to make a reference to the very famous song from this mm -hmm. windmills windmills off your mind uh -huh. so and, and the lyrics of the song round like a circle in a spiral like a wheel within a wheel never ending or beginning like a never changing reel basically what the song is telling you about the the main characters wheel within a wheel mm -hmm. you know it's a spiral that whatever we think is going on with them we're wrong mm. So whatever whatever you think the motives are, whatever you think that the characters are thinking or doing, or what they want or what they don't want, basically, you're wrong because their motives are unfathomable. Yeah. Because they're wheels within wheels within wheels spiraling. They're two. Downwards. They're two very complex people, but both equally hard nosed and equally sort of out for end results absolutely and we're not quite there yet but that absolutely ex and we will we will probably have a bit of a discussion about yes. this but that absolutely explains the ending of the film and why the ending works so well yeah but we'll make a contrast or i will make a contrast yes so i mean the it, it it circles around and around and the end game is is coming with a the final da da and basically Vicky's character um she's about to catch him out and he does one over on her. Yeah. So and leaves. she betrays him uh -huh. and he betrays her so it's a double a double betrayal he is she she tries to set using the information she's got from the from the getaway driver mm -hmm. and knowing what she knows what he's apparently said to her you know pillow talk and all the rest of it he's going to do it one more time and then they can escape together and she says yes do it one more time and then we'll escape together 
she uses that as an opportunity to set him up so he gets caught and he uses that as an opportunity to set her up so he gets away yeah and uh, I, I I get it I prefer the ending of the remake okay so um, shall we talk about the remake or, I, or is there more that you have to say about yeah I, I think the Thomas Crown affair the I, I think they're both, both of these, the original will stay on our DVD shelf. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas with regards to The Wicker Man. That's uh, already, that well, the, the, remake, the, 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 remake, the remake has already left. The, the remake has left <laughs> the stable door. The, the Chateau Dust has, it has, um, <laughs> it, it has gone, gone. It has gone. Uh, a, a pal uh, who hadn't seen the remake. Um, said I hadn't seen it so I said well yeah I'm quite happy to set this one free so that went all the way up to uh, to Gary McMahon in the uh, the outer reaches of Yorkshire to go and watch it and he's actually quite enjoyed The Wicker Man Horses um, for Courses you yeah. know it's it's but he does like lots of trashy films okay <laughs> so uh, to the Thomas Crown the Stephen Queen gorgeous uh, I think I may want need to watch it another time. Um, in another, so when, when you're not so drunk. Well, we, we went out for a bottle of wine, <laughs> and it turned into. Um, and then we went. We had to, some so deep so fried we, beige. We had some deep fried beige at our local establishment where they specialise in deep fried beige. Beige supplier. Beige supplier, uh, with a nice bottle of Pinot Grigio, and then. We thought, we got all right, a okay, taste we, for it. We've got a taste for it. So we went along to our lovely little wine merchant and we had a bottle of red and a bottle of white. And it was delicious. And we, we, we downed the bottle of red while watching the original Thomas Crown Affair. Yes. And, and then, then perhaps we made a slight error of judgment. And then started downing the bottle of white after. Watching, watching the remake. Fortunately, this is done the day after. Yes. So, and, so. and we are as bright as whatever. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So, leading on to the gorgeous, gorgeous Thomas Crown Affair, starring Pierce Brosnan and René Rousseau. René. 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 Well, uh, Thomas Crown is Thomas rather than Tommy. Oh, he does get called Tommy. and She calls him oh, Tommy. Oh, she calls him Tommy, but I think yeah, that's yeah. a reference to... But rather than being called Vicky, uh, she's called Catherine Banning, which I think is slightly nicer, because I think Vicky's a bit sticky Vicky. Sort of Apologies to any Anyone listeners. Call Victoria. Call Vic Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> so, similar premise, pretty much identical, uh, but with significant differences. With, with some significant differences, uh, Pierce Brosnan is the is Thomas Crown. Yeah. He's now a billionaire rather than a millionaire because well, inflation and all inflation that. Inflation, all that. Uh, New York is a fantastic backdrop. We've got the Twin Towers. Yeah. It just looks very, very glam. Because the original film was set in Boston. Yes, and this now is this one is set in New York. Um, but it's quite glorious because Thomas Crown uh, pulls off a heist, but he's involved. Yes, he's he's hands-on He's hands-on heist. But rather than it's money, it's art. Yes. Which I think hammers home that it's not, it's not for money it's not for monetary gain it's just yeah. because he can yeah which of course is the premise of the original movie but i think by making it art you're you're absolutely right it, it makes that it makes it more tangible that he's not just doing it he's not just he's not just grasping money he's an art lover and he 
mm. wants to possess the art. Of course, well, we won't go on spoilers, sweetie, but you're yeah. not possessing it. But um, but it's so he he pulls out in the um, oh god the, the it's not the Museum of Modern Art, is it? Um, uh, well, that's where that's that's the impression that we're given, even though it's not. Because um, oh, right, yeah. permission to film was refused, so so it was not filmed in the the the, the museum of Mod- oh, sorry the Metropolitan, uh, yeah Metropolitan Moma. Museum of Art Moma. Um, is it Moma? <laughs> it is Moma. Yeah, Moma. You saying Moma? You saying Moma? <laughs> I know, like a true New York, New Yorker, yeah, sweetie. Moma. <laughs> yeah, we, so we see from the outside that it's the Metropolitan yeah. Museum. But it's not the interior is is a uh, is a New York Public Library because that's where they were allowed to film. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Thomas Crown is there doing it business. It's very much it's very much a high. T- you know, the, the it's the the original film. It's quite a low tech robbery. Really, yes. it was with brandishing guns and all the rest of it. Where this is kind of Mission Impossible style dangling from the. From the ceiling well, okay, and, right. and bloody so, blah. Just so our listeners are aware, the, uh, the the actual heist is actually done by Pierce. He is going in there to see, look at his haystack pictures, and it's made very noticeable. What do you not want to look at the Turner, which is just behind you, which is the more expensive one, and that's hammered home as well because you've got some children that are being done on a tour group saying and they're all looking a bit bored and then the person says okay was given a little few facts and say this one is worth 30 million and suddenly their attention is 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 drawn so we know it's a valuable piece of art Mm -hmm. and the sort of curator or one of the museum people is speaking to thomas crown and saying are you not interested in this one he said no i prefer my haystacks and it's got his, his his sandwiches which is sort of chew, chewing on it because after his briefcase i mean uh, um, th- we make a point about the briefcase mm. um because uh, uh, the run up to this he's in his car and it's a bit of a traffic jam thing going on so he says to his driver i'll walk from here the driver says will i take your briefcase to the office and he says no i will carry my briefcase so we've had it Signposted to us. The briefcase is signposted. The briefcase is important. And so he 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 takes out his sandwich out of his uh, his briefcase and then pops it under the bench. I think it was a pretzel, actually. To be honest, or whatever. So um, (laughs) you can sound like Roy Cropper from (laughs) yes, (laughs) Rage of Sandwiches. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, thermos. Anyway, he puts his briefcase underneath the bench. Uh, The bench is just got two supports at the either end holding it up. And basically, he puts his briefcase under. So, from the CCTV, it looks now it's like it's got a third leg, which is a big plot point. Um, while all that's going on, you've got some sort of Lithuanian gang of, of, of they've got this minotaur or something being delivered, and it's the wrong thing, and they're just saying put it there. And then these people come it's, out. It's of a this, horse. It's a horse. It's a ho- and it's it's a literal a literal Trojan horse. It's a Trojan horse, and they and these these. Lithuanians or foreign people, Eastern Europeans, sort of hack out of the bottom of the, of this museum piece. Yeah. That has been and there's delivered. about six of them. They They're must very have small. been They're crammed in. tightly into in that scuba, scuba gear. Horse. So uh, then they, they they do a general bit of nonsense trying to make a robbery happen. Um, they, there's a helicopter. There, there's helicopters. There's this. There's that. There's the uh, the air conditioning is knocked off, and with the air conditioning because. The CCTV has been upgraded to 
uh, heat sensor CCTV rather than anything else. When the heat goes up, the sensors go off. Um, while and the, the cameras stop working. Yeah. Do you know where the director John McTiernan got the idea for that? No. Because when he was making Predator, they were using infrared cameras, oh. and that actually happened. That when the t when the the temperature reached 90 degrees Fahrenheit presumably rather than centigrade mm -hmm. when the temperature reached 90 degrees the cameras uh, whited out because they couldn't they, they stopped oh. being able to that the ambient temperature got too close to the so that was based on his own experience that where he got that idea from oh well there that was go. interesting it was, it was quite a novel idea um, so the general nonsense happens the Lithuanians or Eastern Europeans um, sort of do the general nonsense and stuff, and then um, Piers Brosnan sort of uh, goes up, sort of, sort of picks up his briefcase, uh, which he's left over there. Oh, sorry, there's two scenes in the in the museum. One in the morning when he goes there, and he goes back there. Yeah, while and, and there's a comment when he goes back. Oh, you've lost your briefcase. Um, and then when he leaves, he then has a briefcase, and his secretary then says, "Oh, you found your briefcase." So again, massive. Uh, telegraphing, yeah, telegraphing. Briefcase, look out there so for the briefcase. He briefcase there um, while all the all the nonsense is happening. Because when he goes back there to go and have another these these um, straw bales or whatever uh, or haystacks, giant haystacks. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's very fond of nineteen seventy. He's a big wrestling fan. <laughs> so, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Good old world of sport. And, uh, Dickie Davis. So anyway, the general nonsense happens. He, he sort of all the smoke things are going off. He goes underneath uh, a, a barrier uh, after leaving yet another briefcase under the barrier, and um, he uh, uh, then goes under, takes the picture off, which is a really expensive one, puts it in the briefcase, which is underneath the bench, and then hightails away. Yeah, and he's and what what we what we get from all of this is that you know, like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel, the whole Lithuanian Eastern European gang thing and the helicopter and all the rest of it was smokescreen. Yeah, it, it was all smokescreen. That was never, never, never ever, never the plan. Th never the plan that that was going to ever work. So, so that happens. Uh, then we meet Rene Russo, which is uh, Catherine Katie, isn't it? Uh, 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 Katie or Catherine Banning, who's the insurance expert that arrives. Very, very vampy, um, very self-assured lady, quality lady. Little bit panto. A little, little bit panto, but maybe. deliciously so. Just a little bit. Shush, it's behind you. Uh, so she then goes through, so works out this Lithuanian or Eastern European people after she has a delicious time talking German to one of the other people. Uh, but she chooses the quietest one, realizing that that's probably the one that she can make the most impact on and she's right yeah so gets a little bit of information out of them goes through cctv works out that the suitcase was there starts sniffing around uh thomas crown they have some delicious do you moments. remember how she gets onto him you've forgotten in the original do you know in this one what auction records 
She looked, who's interested in buying blah, blah, blah paintings? And they looked down the auction records. And he's already on the radar because he's technically the witness. Uh-huh. And there was something about him yeah, that yeah. that attracted her attention. And then he then she then sees his name on the auction records as bidding and buying. Um, I can't remember now which the Monet Monet was more it Monet? was a Turner yeah, I think I'm sure it was a Turner I don't think it was but anyway whatever it was um, so he's been buying other ones he's been that. he's been he's been a, a fan of the painter so um, so she's an intuitive leap intuitive leap it's all very very delicious it's all very campy uh, we have lots of setups um, of showing that Thomas Crown is a a bit of a player and a bit of a a risk taker when he sort of capsizes a, a massive big catamaran yeah, that replaced the the polo match which i think was better i think I, the, the 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 boat analogy was a lot better than the polo one because the polo one didn't work when they switched when they did the whole split screen yeah thingy. i mean that just turned into some kind of mesmerizing kaleidoscopic nonsense that, oh well because um, people yeah when you see a boat motion capsize, sickness yeah so uh, so, but it was all—it's all very delicious. She starts circling around him. The chemistry I felt went really well between Piers Brosnan and Rene Russo. I know you have a different. I ideas. have a different, I have a different opinion. I just don't think there was very much chemistry between them at all. I just thought it was—it was just gorgeous. It was lovely, lovely shots, uh, and uh, she's sniffing around. There's a little bit of nonsense with regards to there's a girl that says very, very little. I don't think she say anything. That, uh, she looks like she was a supermodel that just sort of was on there because she looks very pretty yeah. who apparently is the daughter of a expert forger and she's a good forger in her own right but we're led to to we, we we reach certain conclusions that she's a girlfriend or yeah whatever. and then it turns out that he's been her guardian since the father's been in prison yes and so, she's an expert forger in, a, in her, her own right. right well of course she, she is because obviously she, yeah because it, it, it's a genetic thing. A genetic thing. She looks pretty, so she creates pretty things. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but it's just gorgeously camp. Uh, there's titty shots of uh, Rene Russo. Her, in her very, very first nude scene. Was that her very first nude scene? Yes, it oh. was indeed. Oh. Um, to purr like that, that sounds very <laughs> peculiar. Uh, so, but it's just i just it was just very very so so the ending is if you haven't seen it and if there's spoilers now but hey ho um it ends in a completely different way to the original movie ends with them instead of double crossing each other they kind of do but they kind of don't and they end up going off together well yeah so there's there's another heist with uh piers offering to thomas crown offering to get her another piece of art and, and do a robbery. Another robbery happens uh, at the at the museum. He steals another one. He's there with a bowler hat. There's lots of people with bowler hats, which has got the motif of that artwork with the chap with the bowler hat man with the apple. With the apple and the two broken arms. <laughs> two broken arms? Yes, the arms point in the wrong direction. They're, they're bending the wrong way. Oh, oh. And that, that's why she whispers at the end of, uh, I'll break both your arms. <laughs> That's, that's what that's alluding to. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, that's ah, fabulous. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I've got another depth of how much I love this movie. And 
So another piece of art stolen. Um, they agree that they're going to meet up at a helipad. The original piece of art that's stolen is actually returned because it was underneath the painting. He, he lends a painting to replace the one that was stolen, but actually what he returns is the painting that was stolen, which has been with been, which had been overpainted was by was it in watercolor by the and when by the forger and when all the, the all the shutters go go down over the paintings when the, the sprinkler system goes on no museum no art gallery has a sprinkler system by the way totally made up but never mind but it's a, it's a nice thing and that the artwork is le lent has an oversized frame so the shutters, so the shutters can't, can't go shut, so shut the painting gets wet and, then and we, all the, the the paint rolls off and there's the original underneath there's the original Ta -da. underneath Ta -da. No harm, no foul. But Everybody the other piece of art is back. stolen, and we don't quite know how he does. He does that. That remains no, a that total mystery. Uh, and then she's at this helipad. He's not there. He's she's then given this folder with this piece of art. She then is very tearful because she's obviously felt a connection with him. She gets on her first class ticket with no luggage, and is crying a little bit. And Piers. Uh, in a Scottish accent, we lassie passes. Her. Apparently, he's from Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why we know actually he's never been near Glasgow is he says Glasgow. I but mean, really? No one really? Says Glasgow, really? Who in Earth? They Edinburgh. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, and it's all very lovely, and they get they get it on. Uh, uh, and it's lovely. I loved it. Yeah. It was, it, it was it. a visual. It's a it's a visual treat. It's shot amazingly well. The soundtrack is pumping. It's got a really nice jazzy score. Um, you have got the oh, and I haven't even mentioned what? Faye Dunaway is in this one as a psychiatrist. As a psychiatrist, and she's got three scenes uh, in it, mm -hmm. and punctuating the, the punctuation the story which is which it, and she was playing um thomas crown's therapist and i just thought that was such a really lovely thing because she had the manic laughter that uh, that steve mcqueen showed in the mm -hmm. first yeah. one yep. 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 and and it was like it felt like retribution and it felt like teasing and i just think that was a really really good thing i love that I, so I, here's I, the thing. Uh -huh. Here's the thing. Here's the difference. The difference. The the fundamental difference between the two films. Original Thomas Crown Affair, Steve McQueen was really really keen to do it because it would be him playing against type. Mm -hmm. So he went. F so if rather than being the 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 roughy tufty good guy. Mm -hmm. He was playing someone who was morally ambiguous, but actually was a bad guy yeah. deep down, as indeed is was was his antagonist in the in the movie. Um, Vicky. Vicky. Thomas Crown Affair, the remake, was a project specifically developed uh -huh. by Pierce Brosnan to provide him a smooth transition from Bond to other roles. So rather than playing against type, it was designed so that he would be playing to type. He was, fundamentally, he had to play a good guy yeah. in, in it. And, and I it think, worked! I think that's to the detriment of the detriment of the story. My opinion, that's my 
that's my tuppence worth. I I think that the the ending of the original is more satisfying than the end of the remake because I'm left at the end of the remake going, okay, so what was all that about then? What was the point of that? It, it ends no harm, no foul. Every everyone is back as they were at the beginning. No one. There's been no character <laughs> development. You know, everybody's just... The paintings are back where they should be. People are just... The, the characters are just the same as they were at, at at the start. I think... But it's transitioned Pierce Brosnan as an actor... Into other roles. Into other roles, which was the purpose of but it. But picking up with what you're saying there, I think that they did have character developments because they were both very self-contained people um the uh the katie and the thomas crown they were very very self-contained and they had their own methodology they knew what was entertained them and everything but then with this film they then discovered that they actually found a soulmate and when the potential of that soulmate especially for the katie character who is a very hard as nose business insurance brokery type person with uh, she, she's actually found that she's actually got a space in her heart for a soulmate, and I think Piers Brosnan character playing the Thomas Crown has again he's a very self-contained person. He's very self-assured. He's very business, business, business. But he's actually found someone actually presses his buttons. Well, actually, she very literally presses his buttons because one of the contrasts between the two films is that the the the, the Catherine the Katie character mm -hmm. in order to attract his interest has to literally take off her knickers and gyrate up against him while vicky merely has to if you pardon the expression fondle his bishop <laughs> and bob and practically has him sitting yeah. in his pants so so when i talk about chemistry you know that's, that's yeah well, i have to say there's some really really expert scenes in the original which really totally totally sizzle with very very little assistance it's just the two actors they could be in an empty room well they are in an empty room yeah, well, no, no but an empty room no staging nothing, nothing but the, the, that it sizzles just with the two of them there is a lots of nonsense and there's lots of great staging and the lighting and the texture of how the remake is made i i like both uh i remember I, I've, I've seen the thomas crown affair at the cinema when it first came out and i really really liked it and i actually i think i had it on vhs wow not uh, betamax not betamax no betamax as well not video 2000 video 2000 laser disc uh, <laughs> so, but i i am very fond of the remake uh, I'm not saying it's better than the original. The original, I really, really love, um, and it's really good. I am. Be, I'm going to sit on the fence with regards to saying which one's better and which one isn't. It's not. It's not one of these situations. I would quite happily sort of watch both of them again. Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably. For, for me, the original has a slight. Well, it sort of. It has an edge. That I, I I think the the remake does doesn't have. I think I think the the remake has a little is a little bit of a cop out, really, 
done purposely and we've gone into all the whole transitioning bond and all the rest of it i i think i think the the the, the remake cops out um in order to keep pierce brosnan a good guy having said that it's a very enjoyable film have you not seen it watch it but watch the original as well, as well. watch both yeah and see what you think and if you and if you and if you do have an opinion Please you share. Tell us. Yes, well, you can find us on all social media channels at, at Antique Dust. Please let us know if there's any other movies that you would like us to review, which is uh, an original and a remake. Please do let us know. And if you'd like us to stop doing it, well, you can tell us that as well, but, but we we're won't. going to ignore it. <laughs> so we have another remake to do for next week. I haven't um, what it's going to be yet. Gosh, well, we have the option of the Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. With a Shelley Winters there. With a Shelley Winters. And uh, alternatively, we have Nikita, the, the assassin. Mm-hmm. Quite good. So, so it depends so what, what motivation you feel. So it might be one of those. It might be the other one of those. Or it, it might, might be neither of those. Who knows? Who knows? So anyway, tune in. Please subscribe to our podcast, Antique Dust. And in the meantime, it's farewell from me, Jonathan. And it's goodbye from me, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye. So I ran to the river, it was bleeding around to the sea, it was bleeding around to the sea, it was bleeding all on that day. So I ran to the river, it was boiling around to the sea, it was boiling around to the sea. This has been an Antique Dust production.